Welcome to the wonderful world of dance, bringing you exclusive interviews with top dancers and choreographers and reviews of the world's best companies across the globe. You can find lots more on our website at thewonderfulworldofdance.com. Hi, this is Savannah Saunders and I'm excited to be talking with Robert Parker, award-winning former principal dancer with the Birmingham Royal Ballet and currently artistic director of the acclaimed Elmhurst Ballet School. Elmhurst is the oldest and one of the most successful ballet schools, not just in the UK, but across the world. They train young ballet students to succeed in the professional dance world. Significantly, this renowned ballet school trained a quarter of this year's finalists of the prestigious Gen A International Ballet Competition. One of their students, Hamish Scott, went on to win bronze. And we'll be talking to him as part of this three-part mini-series on Elmhurst, starting today with Robert Parker, followed by Hamish and then ballet student Lydia Holt. This will give a unique insight into the school, the vision, what it's like as a student and how it prepares young dancers for their first step into a company. Hi Robert, thank you very much for joining us. Hi Savannah, it's lovely to be here, thanks for having me. Fabulous. So first, let's talk about yourself. Tell us about your own dance life. Uh, you studied with the Royal Ballet School. When did you start dancing when you were young and what was your experience of the famous Royal Ballet School? Okay, sure. Well, I'll start when I um, was introduced to ballet. Uh, I was seven years old. Um, it does sound a little bit cliche nowadays, but uh, I think if you... If you drum up the image of Billy Elliot, I think mm -hmm. you, could, you could safely say I was a sort of one um, um, of that ill case, I guess you could say. Very typical northern working class uh, background. Mm -hmm. um, I had two sisters and a brother. And my two sisters uh, went to the local dance school because I was the youngest of four. Um, we couldn't afford a babysitter, so my mum used to uh, take me along to the, to the le lessons, which I used to sit at the front. And... Um, I think it's safe to say I was slightly disruptive at that time and uh, was um, made it my mission to distract my two sisters in the class and finally the uh, teacher had enough and she said Robert next uh, lesson you're joining in and the rest as they say is history I turned up the next week in a pair of grey school shorts and she introduced me to the Grand Plié à la seconde and uh, she turned to my mum and said I think you may have a ballet dancer here, Bernadette. Wow. <laughs> Those were the beginnings. And I think, you know, being the only boy and obviously receiving a lot of attention, um, it was, uh, it was a, a good introduction. I think uh, suddenly learning something new, a new skill, I think what really hit me was the, the sense of coordination and the musicality required um, for ballet. And it's something that I hadn't really experienced before. And... Um, I think, I suppose it's safe to say I took, it, I took to it like a duck to water, um, but the, it was the challenge of it all, um, particularly with, you know, honing and perfecting the classical technique was a real challenge to me. And uh, a few years down the line, my, one of my sisters auditioned for the Royal Ballet School White Lodge mm -hmm. um, and was successful, and she was there for a year. Um, and I, I decided to follow her in her footsteps and join the Royal Ballet School at the age of 11. Um, where I stayed up until my graduate year, um, where I was given my job with Birmingham Royal Ballet in 1994. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, it, it, was a it was great beginnings. Um, I really took to the discipline well, and that was the first thing that struck me 
um, about my ballet training, A, with my first uh, dance teacher, who was very strict, <laughs> um, but also um, also the introduction at White Lodge. I was very struck by just how disciplined and how much you know the hard work was expected of you. Um, I, I'd had a, a fairly, no, I wouldn't say a, a disciplined upbringing, but um, my, my father worked away a lot. He was a builder. My mm -hmm. mom was a nurse and often worked nights. So we were raised um, a lot by my grandma, who was a, a disciplinarian, and she probably knew more proverbs than anyone else. <laughs> and uh, I think a lot of it stuck. You know, um, if a job's worth doing, it's worth doing well. There's no substitute for hard work. All of these kind of quotes that she would constantly um, bark at us um, really, really stuck with me. So um, moving to the Royal Ballet School. And being exposed to such rigorous training, um, I think I was I was prepared for. That's not to say it wasn't difficult. You know, leaving home at the age of eleven is yeah. always going to be difficult. Um, but the the great thing about going to a vocational ballet school like that is is the fact that you are amongst like-minded people who share the same passion as uh, for ballet as you do. And I think that that can um, really help you through. Um, the rigorous training that and the discipline that is expected of you. You're you're all in it together, yeah. and and you'll often speak to people who've experienced vocational training, and they will have met friends and um, maintained those friendships for the rest of their lives. Absolutely, um, I've spoken with a lot of dancers who say exactly that about their experience of uh, intense training environments, which is fantastic. I mean, you joined the Birmingham Royal Ballet under the directorship of the incredible Sir Peter Wright and rose quickly to principal dancer. Do you think the, you know, the training that you had prepared you well for the professional life as, as, of a dancer and the particular um, challenges faced and also the great life also of a principal dancer? Absolutely. Um, I mean, the the discipline doesn't stop, um, and what the professional expectations of you um, only uh, continue as you become a professional dancer. And I think uh, the training at vocational ballet school really does set you up for that. The one thing that uh, it also did allow me to do, particularly in in the upper school, was uh, the exposure to the profession. And I think having having both the school and the company in the same premises as it was back then in Barron's Court yeah. was absolutely crucial and pivotal to, um, to, to myself and what I'd learned about my craft. I think we were very fortunate at the time to, you know, I, I, was, um, I was at the time I, what I consider to be a, a golden era of the Royal Ballet. I, I used to come out of my A-level art class and uh, 10 feet uh, away would be the Covent Garden studio where you would see yeah. such greats like Irek Mokamedov, Jonathan Cope, obviously Sylvie Guillem, Darcy Bustle, mm. Tetsuo Kamakawa, of course, who was like the technical wizard of the company. Yeah. It was it was a re really rich with the, the, the people and the artists that it had. I'm, I'm also seasoned enough to um, remember observing a, a rehearsal for Romeo and Juliet taken by Sir Kenneth McMillan himself mm. and... And just to be able to almost um, absorb, almost by osmosis, you know, ab absorb that rich heritage and these incredible people um, who've, who've uh, dedicated their lives to perfecting their craft. It was just such an awe-inspiring sight. And I think 
I think that really did rub off on me as a you know as a young student at the time. And you became artistic director almost five years ago of Elmhurst. Can you tell us about your vision for the school and how perhaps those experiences you've just talked about have have shaped your vision? Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, the, the five years, it seems, um, I can't believe it's gone, you know, so quickly. Um, but a, a great deal has happened in the, in the last five years. I mean, when I first joined Elmhurst, um, I was already coming into a, a well-established school. Um, and my predecessor, uh, Desmond Kelly, you know, did wonderful things with the school and was really crucial, you know, with um, solidifying and cementing that relationship with the Birmingham Royal Ballet. Um, I'd obviously worked with uh, Desmond, you know, while I was at, at the at the company, and you know, it, it, again, that was an awe-inspiring um, learning curve for myself. And you know, again, growing up and being exposed and through observation, seeing some of the greats in action, um, I was really fortunate to have worked alongside people like Desmond and uh, Marion Tate, uh, mm. Michael O'Hare, obviously Kevin mm. O'Hare as well, his brother, yeah. and. At the time, the the company was just um, it was just full of performers. They were technically gifted, of course, but they were real characters on stage, and that was something that I was determined to continue when you know when I took over the school and sort of um, continue that legacy that uh, Desmond had set up. Um, the first thing, actually, that I was tasked with doing when I joined the school was to uh, write an artistic vision document. So this was a great opportunity to really get under the skin of the school and we conducted what we, we call a self-supported review. And in essence, what it is, is looking under the surface of the school, um, consulting with everyone in the school to say, what changes would we like to make? Hmm. Um, you know, what's going well? What can be improved? Where do we want to see the direction of travel? And that was a really great experience for me, A, because I was new to the school and it was a, it was a, a good chance for me to consult with the staff, and they'd been you know they they'd obviously been um, they're seasoned professionals. They've all had absolutely wonderful careers in professional dance companies, and um, obviously great experience in teaching. And there was a great deal that I could learn from them. So to have their input and voice was absolutely crucial for the direction of travel. Um, and so following those meetings, uh, we we. You know, through through the outcomes of those meetings, that gave me the opportunity to craft an artistic vision document. And of course, I came with my own ideas and proclivities, mm -hmm. um, and went to consult. Um, basically, went uh, contacted lots of the artistic directors that I knew in the UK and further afield, um, and sort of almost like a consultation. And uh, I thought it was really important for me to have their input as well, or their thoughts yeah. on what ideas were. And it was very simple, you know. I've got to school. I've got a school. Um, I'd like to produce dancers for your company. What would you like to see produced? You know, it was no more complicated than that. Great question. Um, yeah. The response I had was overwhelming. I sent it to people like Kevin O'Hare and uh, Christopher Hampson, um, uh, David Nixon. You know, the, and the it was it was really crucial. That I thought their feedback was um, absolutely extraordinary and very much along the lines of what I was thinking um, anyway, but uh, I think that some additional ideas that they had were really crucial. Um, so things like, 
creativity and autonomy in dancers was something that came out quite clearly, um, as well as uh, a greater sense of uh, physicality and fearlessness when working with choreographers and really preparing the students for industry standards. And I think that was one of the one things that um, I've been really trying to hone since I've been artistic director here at the school. Um, I think what we do very well here is um, in preparing the students for the industry, uh, we, I think we really are very good at taking this holistic approach to training. Even our strap line is live, dance, learn. Mm. And we, we really like to uh, produce a thinking dancer, a dancer that can you know, be mature, independent, self-confident, and you know, have this um, non-institutionalized approach to communication and can really take charge of their own learning, self-health management, all of those things. And this is the thing that we've been working on uh, for some time now. The training required for a, a dance student to become a professional in the dance world today sounds, as you say, very complex and holistic. What other aspects uh, of the school and your vision are you embedding to ensure that you prepare dancers for professional life? Yes, well, it's, I mean, it's a really good question. Of course, it's a, a, a constant challenge for a school to produce dancers for um, an industry which is, let's face it, evolving and uh, changing on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and it's our job now to keep abreast um, the industry and obviously keep in contact with the industry leaders um, to ensure that our students are adequately prepared for the rigours of what they will be expected um, in professional life. Um, for example, I mean, working with, you know, even a pure, there is no such thing as a pure classical ballet company uh, today, and they are expected to be doing, you know, to put their bodies through, uh, you know, from classical ballet suddenly changing to, you know, more modern yeah. forms. And I think the boundaries are very much blur blurred at the moment. So it is a challenge to prepare them for that. So I think having the adaptability is extremely important and versatility. Um, obviously, as a ballet, you know, ballet is our um, classical ballet is our primary uh, discipline, um, and all, of course the supporting styles that go along with it, such as the the pas de deux, the solos, the repertoire. Um, and we've just uh, reviewed our system of training here at the school um, um, with assistance from the wonderful Diane Van Scor. She mm -hmm. was um, absolutely wonderful. I mean, the, the great thing about this school is, and this is going back to another quote from my grandma, a job <laughs> is as good as the people you work with. And Absolutely. Yeah. And all of our uh, ballet tutors here at the school, and in fact, the, all of the tutors across the board in terms of the academics and the pastoral care, are absolutely second to none. The, they are absolutely disciplined, driven, passionate, dedicated, and very, very nurturing of our students. And working alongside them and learning from them has been an absolutely wonderful experience. And I feel truly blessed um, to have the support from them. And I think having that team around me has been absolutely pivotal. Absolutely. Um, and I'm really thankful for that. Um, but in going back to the versatility side of things, um, we obviously we have a, an additional diet of contemporary dance, which we've been strengthening um, over the years. Um, also jazz and flamenco and uh, character dance yeah so they get a full rounded diet because they are going to be expected to you know to be able to tackle lots of different styles in you know, across their career 
You've introduced new programs to the school, and one of those is called the Director's Day. Tell us how this came about. Well, I think, Savannah, it was also in response to um, the, the, the artistic vision and the response from some of the directors, mm -hmm. and they really wanted to see a greater level of creativity and autonomy in, in dancers when they, when they uh, graduate from a, a vocational school. And the graduate showcase was a great opportunity for the students to, you know, display and, and hone their skills in these areas. And I was approached by a couple of the students. They were um, in the middle of their three-year, well, they were in their graduate year, but, um, and as part of their three-year diploma, they asked if they could produce their own performance. Okay. And I thought this was a wonderful opportunity. Um, they effectively create the performance from bottom to top, um, right from the, the, the staging, the choreography, they tackle the lighting, costuming, they will liaise with BRB mm -hmm. if uh, they require costumes, they will obviously do ticket sales, they will design the programs, they will invite the VIPs to the performance, and they'll also raise money for charity. I mean, it's, wow. it ticks every box that you could um, think of, and the the first couple that approached me they they delegated tasks to all of the other students in their year group and i firmly believe that they went into that project as students and came out semi professionals and it gave them a real holistic sense of theatrical performance and all of the various elements and ingredients that go into making a performance and they did such a wonderful job that it became um, a permanent fixture in the calendar and um, I know you'll be speaking with Lydia Holt. Uh, yes. She, she was um, instrumental um, in this year's graduate showcase, and she did an absolutely fantastic job, and she'll uh, speak more about it herself, I'm sure. Yes. The lessons that she learned along the way. Um, and it was extremely successful. Um, so it, this is just one, one um, I suppose, one example of the autonomy that uh, the students uh, um are experiencing here at the school student-led events and uh, a greater emphasis on independent learning is an area that I think is key um, to success in this day and age because they will be graduating into companies and in my opinion gone are the days where a choreographer will just tell them what to do mm. they will have to have a lot more input 50-50 um, in some cases they will have to um, effectively get their hands dirty, there will be a lot of task work involved, they will have to um, work and communicate with a choreographer in order to in order to produce what they want and this is um, this is you know the direction of travel and preparing students for that although challenging is something that we are very eager to embrace as a school. And some of the challenges that, that you've described around the requirement for versatility, the changing nature of the purest classical ballet company, the, the, working, um, the changing and working relationship with choreographers, and I speak to a lot of choreographers and ask them about how they work with dancers, and just as you have said, they, they like to have an interactive relationship when it comes to creating new works. But are there other challenges that you think are coming around the corner as the dance world continues to evolve that you really need to now, sort of five years on, start thinking, well, in the next five 
five years, these are the sorts of challenges that, or skills that we need to add to ensure that the next generation of students coming through are prepared for this new world. Absolutely. Well, I, I, it's a really interesting question. And I think, first of all, is uh, you, you've mentioned all the, um, the industry leaders. Well, they will be going on and there will be a next generation of industry leaders as well. And I think they will be shaping the direction of travel when it comes to the future of dance. Um, I think, you know, retaining the classics is crucial. It's very important yes. you where you've come from. And I think majority of our students, you know, they want to have that diet of classical ballet. And that is the remit. And, uh, you know, we are the associate school of the Birmingham Royal Ballet. So we have to prepare them for not only the, the purity of classical ballet and the challenges that that brings, um, but also for what can be expected of them by, you know, tomorrow's industry leaders and choreographers. And this is why we we have very strong links to the professional world and having the the, the Hippodrome and the Dance Exchange, you know, just 10 minutes down the road is absolutely um, vital for us. And it gives us these op opportunities um, to bring in um, these industry leaders, visiting artists and choreographers into the school to work directly with the students. And I think that's um, a great asset of the school is to give the students the opportunity to work hands-on with these people. I'm just thinking of the last few years, we've had uh, people like Russell Maliphant, mm. uh, Alex Whitley, uh, yep. Michael Clark, Mark, um, Ballet Black, yep. Matthew Bourne, all of these people who can actually come in and work hands-on with the students. And it, it gives them such a great, um, a great grounding. And, you know, it, you know, Nine times out of ten, they, they may repeat uh, what we tell the students, but I think hearing it from, you know, the horse's mouth does go a lot further. Absolutely. And, and you know, bringing in choreographers to work with them for this various summer shows and up-and-coming up choreographers, people in the local area, because I think it's really important, um, you, you know, to, to give opportunities to the local talent in the area. Yeah. I, I think, you know, Birmingham itself is, is becoming such a dance hub I think it's really good to keep our fingers on the pulse and expose our students to these these upcoming industry leaders. We've had people like Corey Baker and Sonia mm -hmm. Sabri, Carlos Ponguera. You know, they've, they've come into this school and worked and given workshops and people like Motion House. Um, I think it's absolutely vital that they they have this grounding and this preparation for what could be expected them, of them in the future. And do you, do you think the, the expectations of the dance students is changing? I mean, I've spoken with some young dancers who, um, and, you know, the millennials or the next generation, you know, they're called the Generation Z or the iGen, whichever they get tagged with these days, but who are telling, who sometimes tell me that they're looking for a more flexible career rather than the traditional ballet school, ballet company trajectory where they want to be able to do a lot more guesting, travel, they're establishing side businesses, they're blogging, they've got thousands of followers on Instagram. Uh, are you seeing that through the, the next generation of students coming through Omhas? That's a really hard question to answer, actually, the, about the uh, millennial dancers. And the, because, to be honest, I don't really see a lot of that happening in our school. So, so the dream remains for a lot of students who come to Elmhurst. They see themselves on the stage at the Birmingham Royal Ballet or other major companies, perhaps in the UK or beyond. But they, 
they come there with that desire, um, that appetite, and as you say, you provide them with the diet of the classics to, to enable them to be ready to take on that next natural step into the company. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, because our, our remit obviously is to produce uh, classical ballet dancers for the likes of Birmingham Royal Ballet and other major classical ballet companies. So it's extremely important that they have that diet and tr traditional classical ballet. And obviously, you know, they need to, we need to pass on that, that wonderful, rich British heritage to our students. So whenever we do um, our summer performances, we always ensure that we have um, um, some of the classical ballets in there, such as Peter Wright's Swan Lake, mm -hmm. um, performed his wonderful Capelia, Ashton's Two Pigeons and uh, Birthday Offering, um, and which is wonderful. And we can we bring in um, the Birmingham Royal Ballet, uh, people like Dennis Bonner, who's the notator, he will um, actually set the ballets, mm -hmm. we will have the principal dancers come in and rehearse them. Um, of course, all of our technical performances, the production values are delivered by the Birmingham Royal Ballet production department and I was so thankful for them, uh, to them for their input. Um, also there's David Bintley, which is mm -hmm. wonderful. He, we, we were so fortunate to be able to perform his Penguin Cafe um, and also we we're very fortunate that he's actually been working hands-on with the students this year and uh, he's uh, produced a, a work for the school to be performed uh, this July, um, entitled Comic, and it's uh, with music by Raymond Scott, who composed um, for cartoons in the 1920s and 30s, and it's very whimsical in nature, great sense of humour, musical, of course, and the, the students have responded so well to it, and we are absolutely overjoyed and, and thankful for David for giving up his, you know, special, you know, his, his uh, time uh, to, to come and work with our students hands-on, it's wonderful. And I have to ask, um, and I know many of our listeners out there will be interested to know for either themselves or for their children who may be thinking, I'd love to um, potentially join Elmhurst. What, what, do you, what does the school look for in potential candidates, so people who are auditioning to, to join the school? Well, obviously, um, we're a primarily classical ballet school. That is our remit. So we are looking for students um, who obviously have the natural physical attributes for classical ballet, i.e. the use of turnout, the footwork, the flexibility. Um, also, things like the coordination, the musicality are extremely important. Um, and of course, this, you know, the performance um, side of things is extremely important. When you're, when you're, uh, looking at students or potential students for the school in an audition, um, you look for a, a sense of hunger. I think that, um, that above all, is the most important thing. Do they have what it takes to be a classical dancer and, and, and the rigours that uh, it, that entails and uh, the very, very intense training? I will, all, as a director, I won't just see what they're doing in front of my eyes in terms of the exercises that have been delivered. I will also watch and observe their body language on the side of the studio. Are they remaining focused? Are they speaking to their friend? Are they sitting down? Have they got their arms folded? Are they lolled at the bar? All of these things, they're very important. And what we are needing to see is this, this, um, this sense of focus and discipline and self-sacrifice. Is this something that they truly, truly want? Um, because it's not a hobby once they become to come to vocational school 
it, it becomes a vocation and the the passion, the drive and the discipline is of you know primary importance. You also have a, a program called the Young Dancers Program, is that right? That's correct. So our Young Dancers Program, um, it's for students from the age of 8 to 10, year, 10 years old and it's headed by our assistant director, Denise Whiteman, who's doing wonderful things with the program and it's expanding all the time. Um, it's designed for talent identification and to give uh, students the opportunity to see what vocational training would be like, and um, it's uh, it's a wonderful it's a wonderful vehicle for them to see you know are they are they cut out for vocational training, um, and it's a uh, what we'd like to do what we'd like to see is being able to nurture homegrown talent yeah. and the you know really raise the next generation of dancers you know from the UK and I think uh, I think we're doing some wonderful work in this area and like I said. I think Denise is doing a wonderful job and it is expanding all of the time. So if there are people interested in, in Elmhurst Ballet School, that's a, a very good uh, place to start. As you say, vocational training requires discipline uh, and focus and it can be quite um, a full-on training program. How do you ensure that dancers and dance students look after their, look after their bodies and their health? Yeah, well, that's uh, one of the greatest challenges, Savannah, um, in, in, in today's industry is preparing students for the rigours and uh, the demands of the industry. I mean, gone are the days when, you know, you would you would just be doing, a, you know, pure classical ballet. It's, uh, you know, the, all of the resident choreographers of the classical ballet companies are contemporary uh, choreographers and uh, the expectations of dancers in terms of their uh, phys physicality beyond anything that even I experienced um, as a dancer. So we having to respond to those demands and uh, learn what we can do about maximizing the performance output and the adaptability and, uh, you know, essentially preventing injury in our students and extending their careers. So we, um, we're really responding to these. We're very lucky, actually, that we have as a school uh, very good links with places like Dance UK, mm -hmm. the National Institute of Dance Medicine and Science, and Professor Matt Wyan, um, who is the head of dance science at Wolverhampton University, is actually on our board of governors. And uh, we've been given great advice. We've just recently opened up our brand new um, health and wellbeing center, which is essentially um, a, a great facility to coordinate all of our services under the one roof, like our physiotherapy, our rehabilitation, strength and conditioning, nutrition and of course just all-round health care um, and we're really taking a multi-agency approach to health and well-being of our students which are of paramount importance so it's it's really exciting times we've also em employed um, a, a PhD student a strength and conditioning coach uh, named Nico Kolokithas I hope I pronounced his surname <laughs> correctly um, and he's been monitoring the impact and benefits of strength and conditioning on our students um, over the last couple of years and it's um, it's a really exciting time. There's a lot we can learn from from um, the sports science and the wonderful work that they've done. And it's not to detract from ballet as an art form, but it really is just to you know what can we learn to maximise the the performance output of our students and really teach them the adaptability and educate them in self health management so they're not solely reliant on the health professionals and hopefully extend their careers. 
So we've, this is a great, exciting time for us. We're learning a lot as we go. We also have wonderful links with the King Edwards High School, um, which is just 10 minutes down the road. And they've very kindly um, allowed us to use our, their facilities on a Friday afternoon. So we will take the, uh, the students um, for swimming, gymnastics. Uh, we've done uh, yoga. We're also in the process of building a multi-usage uh, games area outside because this is a wonderful environment, but it still is an artificial environment. Mm. Of course. So it's, it, it's wonderful to get the, the, the students out into the fresh air, um, get some sunshine, get their vitamin D and, uh, you know, actually use their bodies in a more in a holistic way, in a holistic sense. And obviously um, um, results in, in the sports world have shown that this is a really beneficial part of training in in any in any kind of in field whether it's sports whether it's ballet whether it's gymnastics so it's a it's an area that we are very very keen to embrace and you talked about uh, getting out into the fresh air and into the sunshine recently uh, you traveled over to australia for the jeune ballet competition and where hamish uh, was uh, privileged to be awarded a, a bronze. Tell us about how important or the role of competitions and working with other companies sort of beyond the UK or beyond Birmingham to help raise the profile of your, of the school. Sure, absolutely. You know, I know there's um, mixed reviews about uh, competitions. Uh, I mean, myself, I never entered a competition. You know, it didn't do me any harm. But, uh, <laughs> Um, you know, hats off to these students who um, do enter these competitions. I think uh, I think they're very brave. Uh, you know, for for a start. Yeah. Uh, you know, they are effectively pitching themselves against you know the best in the world, and I think that's no bad thing. I I, I understand why they would like to do that. It, it's a way of uh, gauging how how well they are doing in the in the broader sense um, on a global scale, and you know, it's from my perspective, it is. Um, our students are our best advertisement and you know I think for them to enter these competitions and be you know experience what it's like to be delivering on the spot to 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 to, to have the build-up of nerves and really pull it out the bag when it matters I think is um is a good thing but it's um you know more than that it's it, it's a uh, it's a great ex performance opportunity for the students and uh, like I said they are our best advertisement and they, you know, to have that, um, to have the accolades. I mean, we it, it's it's been wonderful for the school yeah. to, to claim two out of sorry two out of the five. We had the BBC Young Dancer competition recently, and uh, two students from Elmhurst um, were, were through to the category final out of the five, and that was a wonderful accolade for the school. And also, as you said, the Jeanne competition in Sydney recently, um, out of the final twelve, three of them were were Elmhurst students and in fact we held an audition the day after um, the competition and um, our audition numbers literally doubled. Um, people wanted to know about Elmhurst, they wanted to to see what the school was all about and they all came along to the audition. So it was great in raising our profile and visibility on an international scale and I frequently uh, adjudicator at uh, the Youth American Grand Prix, mm -hmm. Asian Grand Prix, um, and uh, also, once a year, some of our graduate students, uh, they travel to Japan with one of our tutors, Michael Ho, um, and work and collaborate alongside the National Youth Ballet of Japan, which I know has always been extremely successful. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's really important for us um, as a school to get our name out there, not just nationally, but internationally as well.
Well, I think you're doing a, a fantastic job. And as you say, your students are your best advertisement. And with the BBC Young Dancer Award broadcast on the BBC going on TV is an amazing step for dance. I think it's absolutely wonderful that every year this is becoming more and more popular. Yeah, no, I think it's a it's a great opportunity. But what what is very heartwarming is to see our students representing themselves and representing the school so well off camera as well as on stage. And I think um, that is certainly one of the strengths that we have as a school is this holistic approach to training and uh, producing, you know, self-confident, free thinking, mature, well-rounded human beings. And I think if we've succeeded in that area, then we've done our job well. Elmhurst has a summer show coming up. Tell us about that. Really exciting this year. Um, in the past, we have, um, in the last two years, we've performed at the Rep Theatre in the Birmingham City Centre, which has been a wonderful experience for the students and to give them that sort of industry feel. Um, we are back at base this year, which is a really exciting opportunity to once again uh, split the show. So we will have lower school um, have their own show, as will the upper school, and then a combination of both. So um, we'll give them a, a little bit more stage time. Um, we're very fortunate to um, have some visiting choreographers. Uh, Stefan Delatra, who's a, a German choreographer, will be coming to do a contemporary piece for our graduates. And also Adam Rutherford, who is um, a local um, choreographer here in Birmingham. So it'll be a great opportunity for our students to work with um, some local homegrown talent. Uh, we are also have had um, special permission from Anthony Russell Roberts from the Ashton Foundation to revive um, um, a voice of uh, a Maus, um, which is a an explosion polka set to Johann Strauss, which was the um, a group number before Ashton's Voices of Spring, and so it hasn't been performed, I believe, in the last forty years. So we're extremely fortunate to have the honour of reviving that. Um, but I think the big showpiece this year is a new choreography um, by David Bintley, um, who is actually is all but finished it. He's been working with our graduate students primarily on the piece, and it's uh, set to music by Raymond Scott, who was a composer for cartoons in the 1920s and 30s. So the music uh, the music's very whimsical. Um, it's laced with humour. And it's an going to be an absolutely wonderful show-stopping piece. And we are so grateful to David for taking time out of his busy schedule to work hands-on with our students. And they have been absolutely um, delighted with working alongside the director of Birmingham Royal Ballet, as you can imagine. So it's going to be an extremely exciting performance. So I do encourage everyone to buy tickets. Absolutely. Get your tickets now. ElmhurstDance.co.uk. It sounds like Elmhurst is a very innovative company, a uh, school rather, um, that is really focused on producing the best potential dancers for the future ballet companies in this country with the Birmingham Royal Ballet and beyond. Um, and I, I just want to ask a final question of you, Robert. What advice would you give to students who are listening today and hearing your own journey of, you know, coming from up north, taking, you know, your local ballet classes, going off to vocational school, landing um, with the Birmingham Royal Ballet, becoming a principal, artistic director of this wonderful ballet school. What advice would you give to students who would love to follow in your footsteps? 
Well, I'm sorry to have to quote my grandma again. <laughs> um, there is no substitute for hard work, and I would, uh, you know, I would just um, advise students to, you know, potential students for the school, keep focused, learn your craft, listen to your teachers. They know what they're talking about, and make it your passion, make it your goal. It's a difficult in the world we live in today. There are so many distractions. There are so many choices. Um, but I think you know to become become a fully fledged classical ballet dancer, it does take self sacrifice. It does take discipline, and it takes focus. And I think um, the more hungry they are, the the more chance of success they will have. So thank you so much for joining us today. And for our listeners who would like to learn more about this amazing school, visit their website, elmhurstdance.co.uk. And, of course, tune in for our upcoming shows um, with Elmhurst students Hamish Scott and Lydia Holt, who will give us, from their perspective, the lowdown from the students' point of view. Thanks so much, Robert. Thank you, Savannah. Don't forget to subscribe. We've got some incredible interviews coming up with principal ballerinas and renowned choreographers. We love dance and ballet, and we hope you'll love us. Join us on Facebook and Twitter.